This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. And this is ATC Presents Debout K Rambles, where a couple of friends review Korean dramas. And if you notice, Rico is not here. He, as we said in the first episode, he has a new work schedule, and that has taken him away from a lot of free time and K dramas, especially. So, 16 hours of television is not in the cards right now for Rico. Instead, I have a very special guest with me today. I have Caitlin from At No, no Sleep for Dramas. Caitlin, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, I'm so glad that you're on and that you agreed to do a, um, a guest spot with me on a very special show, Something in the Rain. And before we get into the show, I just want to introduce you to the audience. We met on Instagram and you've been such a great voice on there and such a great confidant. Like we've talked a lot in the DMs and stuff. And it's such a great community, I feel like, that you've built and that I've built. And so it's just kind of like been like a nice intertwining over the few months that I've been on Instagram under the Debak handle. And um, in an effort to like get to know you better real quick before we just get started into this review, <laughs> um, maybe you want to give us a little bit of your K-drama taste and your background on K-drama. Sure, sure. Um, I'm Caitlin, as she just said. Uh, <laughs> I have been watching K-dramas for over 10 years now. Um, yeah. I now watch all Asian dramas, but I started with K-dramas. Um, my first K-drama was Boys Over Flowers, as of a lot of other people, yep. <laughs> um, which was back in like 2008, 2009, when I had to like track down 20 million YouTube clips oh, and like yeah. try to figure out what to watch in order. Um, <laughs> it was, it was an interesting time back then. We were not blessed with Netflix and all that stuff now. <laughs> Um, I, I watched a lot of like, I, I've like transitioned from what I've liked. I'm really into like crime genres, um, due to my, I have a criminal justice background. So I like already am interested in that topic. So I always tend to go towards crime genres, but I'll try anything. I'm one of those people where, I'll try anything. If I don't like it, I drop it. If I do like it, I'll keep watching it. And yeah. So I'm kind of one of those people where like, I don't know if I want to like it, but let's make Caitlin try and watch it and then see what she thinks. <laughs> so. And what is your favorite K-drama? That's like the super hard question to ask. <laughs> um, so recently... I really like again, I'm in the crime drama, so I guess the recent ones that are my favorite are like Beyond Evil, which was very popular oh, last year. Yeah. Um, to name like a romance one that I really liked was uh Tale of Noctu, which I think was two thousand nineteen. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wasn't too long ago. Yeah. Uh -huh. That was 
good. I was very surprised by that one because I didn't think I would like it. But, uh, <laughs> was that a gender bender? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah but it was, it was the guy being a girl. Dressing as a girl. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. These K-dramas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, before we get started, I'm going to do some housekeeping. If this is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and so many more. And if you like us, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts. That goes such a long way for us doing more content and getting seen by more listeners like you. And lastly, come check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on the Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at ATC Deadbox Pod. And if you're a fan, please, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. Okay, Caitlin, let's get started. All right. Okay, so for this, I, I guess I'll, I'll give you the honor. Do you want to read the Asian Wiki synopsis? Sure, okay, sure. Okay. All right. Um, so the Asian Wiki synopsis for this drama was... <laughs> Uh, Yunjana is a single woman in her 30s. She works as a supervisor at a coffee company. Yunjana is a easygoing person, but she feels empty inside. Sao Junhee is a younger brother of her best friend, Sao Kun Soon. He comes back to South Korea after finishing work abroad. Yunjana thought he was just a childish guy, and but he appears different to her now. All right, so this aired, Something in the Raid aired from March to May 2018. It's 16 episodes long. It was directed by An Pansok, and he also directed One Spring Night and Secret Affair. One Spring Night, I would say, is like the poor man's version of Something in the Rain. <laughs> like, if you watch it after Something in the Rain, you're like, oh, it's, oh. But then if you watch it before, I'm sure you feel like, oh, this is like so cool, like innovative. It's Everything's kind of, no. No. One spring have night. See, have you seen Secret Affair? I have not seen Secret Affair. Oh, Did my you? God. So you've seen it? Okay, good. Oh yeah, it is. It is Chef's Kiss. <gasps> it is so good. Oh, if you're God. into like, if you're into like, Nuna romance, cheating scandal, oh, like oh. really sexy drama, you should watch that one. Holy crap. Okay. So good to know. It <laughs> might go on my watch list or it might not. I won't say so that people don't shame me. But anyway, <laughs> this Something in the Rain was written by Kim Moon and she's only written two dramas and one of them was One Spring Night. So you can tell she kind of has a nice working relationship with its director and has a certain style and flavor to her writing. It stars Sonia Jin as Yoon Jina. And of course, we all know Sonia Jin. She's everywhere right now because she is engaged to marry Hyunbin. And I think by the time this episode comes out, they'll probably be married. So like, congratulations. Love her to death. She's amazing. I don't think she needs much of an introduction to a lot of listeners. Um, oh, curious. What's your favorite like Sonia Jin uh, role that she's been in or drama? Um... Well, I'm currently watching her in 39. Yes, so it's currently she, airing. She's good. Um, I haven't actually seen a lot of her dramas, honestly. I mean, and that I mean, she's done so many though. I could be forgetting too. So, I mean, obviously, Crash Landing on You. Everybody watched that one. It was great. It yeah. was fantastic. She was great in it. Um, let's see what other ones have I watched. I've seen. Like, I've seen clips of personal taste. Clips? I haven't seen the whole thing. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. yeah that was, I think, the um, first drama that I saw her in. 
was yeah, personal and then taste. I think I've also seen like I've also seen Secret Garden, but I don't remember like she's like was only a guest in it. So like I've really yeah. only seen like I haven't seen a lot of her older dramas. I've only seen her more recent ones. Yeah, I so. uh, I definitely want to deep dive on Sonia Jin at some point. Uh, Man of the Hour. This also stars Jung Hae-in as So Joon-hee, and he is basically like the it guy right now. I feel that loads of people are jumping on the bandwagon and trying to watch more of his dramas ever since he was in Snowdrop with um, Blackpink's Jisoo. Uh, he's fantastic. I think he's a great actor. He's been in Tune In For Love, which is with Kim Goon, and of course, Snowdrop. And the other uh, drama that was huge in 2021 was DP, which is fantastic. If you haven't watched DP, definitely give it a go. It's on Netflix. He also is in One Spring Night, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> um, there's a host of supporting cast members. We'll mention them really fast. Gilke Gil Hae-yeon as Kim Mi-yeon, and she is the mother character in this show. Um, she actually was just recently in The Silent Sea as director Choi. She was like on the Space Force team, like real shady character. Um, she was also in Law School, Beyond Evil, um, and Do You Like Brahms? So those are just some some of her roles. She's been in a ton of stuff. Um, we have Lee Joo-young as Lee and she is part of the swag crew from Weightlifting Fairy. And she is a transgender character in Itaewon class. So she has gone on to do really great things. Um, we have So Jong-yeon as Jong Young-in. And she was recently Ung's mom in Our Beloved Summer. So she was like the marketing director in Something in the Rain. And then lastly, I feel like this is very important. Wea Jun is in this as well as uh, Sonia Jin's brother, little brother. Of course, he was in Bad and Crazy. He made a name for himself in Squid Game. And if you want to watch him as a second male lead, you can watch Romance as a bonus book, but I wouldn't recommend it. Um, <laughs> we have all of that out of the way. So, Caitlin, please tell me, what did you think of Something in the Rain? First off, going back to Jung Hae-in, just a fun fact <laughs> about me, I never get second lead syndrome like it is very rare that i do yeah jung hae jin is probably one of the only ones who have ever given me second lead syndrome and that was in while you were sleeping mm. i and that was my introduction to him actually i had not seen him before that um but oh my god i had some serious sls with that drama <laughs> <laughs> so i haven't watched saying. that drama yet there's oh, a you need to there's you a few years to. of k-drama that i just like stepped off and yeah. I think that's one of those shows that aired and I was like, yeah, no, I'm yeah. just that I'm taking was a break. Me, that was me in like 2013 to 2017 type because I um, didn't have access to internet or anything for those years. So. Gosh, <laughs> yeah, you definitely, you can't just be like strolling up to like a red box at your supermarket and be like, I want to check out some K-drama today instead of like, <laughs> I don't know, the latest Vin Diesel flick. No, it doesn't work like that. Like this is such a niche. Right. <laughs> like you need internet. Exactly. Ugh. Exactly. All right. <laughs> um going back to what you originally asked, what did I think? I have lots of thoughts about this drama. We're here for this. Yes. Um and it's I was I was surprised 
because I was go I went into this drama thinking knowing I wouldn't like certain aspects of it. Mm. And honestly, some of those I thought I wouldn't like, I actually end up liking. And then Ooh. there was other ones that I did not foresee me yeah. not liking or didn't even see it happening because I I this I had never seen this drama. This was a first watch for me. So mm-hmm. um some things I was predicting I would hate, I did not hate, or I didn't see coming. Other things I didn't see coming and I absolutely hated. <laughs> so it was like it was a mixed thing. You know, mixed bag. <laughs> yes. Yeah. On the whole, do you feel like you liked the show or do you feel like mm, a little shaky? About I feel it? meh. Mm. It was in the middle. I don't hate it, but I wouldn't recommend it. Really? Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, a little background <laughs> on like why we're even doing something in the rain. Um, for season one, I was choosing shows and I got like really immersed in what people are saying about certain shows because now I'm on social media dedicated to like K-drama and I was shocked to find out that people disliked something in the rain. I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, like there's actual hate for the show. And so I was I was like, we have to cover it on the, on the podcast <laughs> because like, what am I going to do? Like I, ha- I have to like air my grievances essentially. And so I'm so glad that you have mixed feelings about it because we can totally get into it. This is my second watch uh, for Something in the Rain. And the first watch, loved it. Like, I love the show. I love the couple, especially. I felt that they were just so mesmerizing to watch on the screen. And the problem with the show is that, like, these are completely flawed characters. And it's a flawed female lead. She makes a wrong choice over and over and over again. And right. it sabotages her love life, like this relationship with Jung Hae-in's character. Um, not to mention her mother is like a menace. Like right. I, I like if I see that woman on the street, like it's on sight. I mm-hmm. will f- like fly at her. I just hate her. And I'm one of those people that's pretty chill when it comes to um like villains like I'm not like oh I hate this actor because they played this villain once I'm like no like that was pretty good role for them they did really well but in this case like no if I see her like earrings are coming off like shoes like (laughs) work it's gonna be a tussle because I hate this woman so much I Mm -hmm. hate that character so much it's like a live like it makes me so livid like I'm getting hot right now just talking about it overheated (laughs) um and then uh the workplace sexual harassment sub- subplot is also gets so out of hand in the show right, as well, right? which I think throws a lot of people off because they're coming in for like something in the rain, like, oh, like a romance. And then it's very heavy on this frustrating storyline. Right. Yeah. All that being said, I liked the show on second watch, but I didn't love the show on second watch. I wasn't like, oh my God, this is the best show I've ever seen, which is my initial reaction to it. Right. Mm-hmm. So that was, those are my general thoughts, like without getting too much into spoiler territory, but um, were there any parts of the show that really excited you and that you you mentioned like some parts you didn't think you were going to like and then you ended up liking and vice versa? So... I'm not, I I knew going into this drama, I'm not good on the slow burn romances. I've just, I'm, I've never been good with that. Um, And I knew with Something in the Rain and One Spring Night, it's an extremely slow burn. 
Yeah. Which surprised me because that was one of my favorite parts of this drama was the romance and the slow burn of that. Um, so that that definitely was my favorite part was the romance itself mm-hmm. and the 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 realistic view up to a certain point, like episodes one through eight or nine around that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved the romance. Like, whatever. I have issues with the latter half. Um, but that, I mean, but again, that surprised me because I thought I wouldn't like it due to it being a very slow burn. Yeah. So. I think that puts off people a lot of times when stories just take their time um, developing and there's, it's a slow burn, like for sure. I'm not here to say this is a very fast romance and the pacing is, you know, very streamlined. Like, no, it takes its time. Right. It lets you linger in the emotions. And I, uh, something that I felt the first time and I feel strongly this time is that the way that something in the rain is shot and the way, not just cinematography, but just like the timing of shots, the editing of shots, it is unobtrusive the way that it honestly just like hangs back. The camera hangs back and lets them like continue with what they're doing. There's a lot of long takes, a lot of like, I I don't know if they're supposed to be ending the shot right now because I feel like it's, it's almost voyeuristic. Like we're not supposed to be watching this. It is so intimate. And, um, yeah, I, I just absolutely feel like that can kind of make people uncomfortable when they're mm-hmm. watching something that is either so beautiful that you're like, oh, my God, I, I can't I have to look away or it's so uncomfortable and sad that you again, I have to look away. <laughs> um, the shooting style was always from afar and it felt like we were catching private moments Versus like a polished presentation of like a K-drama with like the typical shots and the typical beats and all that stuff. So that was a major plus for me. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and you, it's interesting too, because when you mentioned like the voyeurism and stuff, there's a lot of shots that are also through like narrow spaces. So one thing that was like I noticed was not necessarily um, emulating what the characters were feeling in those emotions, but in to an extent, yeah, like there was some shots through windows. There were some shots where um, if the characters felt more free or more open, it was a bigger space. Whereas if it was like a contentious part, it was seemed smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, I also noticed something about the color of the umbrellas that, and my interpretation, and this might just be my crazy interpretation, but I interpreted something with the color of the umbrellas, depending on where they were in the story. Um, but that it just been me overthinking stuff. This is me. This is not you overthinking. We're totally going to talk about the umbrellas in the spoiler <laughs> section because, it, and it's not even in my notes, guys. Like this is just my mouth was agape because <laughs> I never thought that the color of the umbrellas was like a deeper meaning, but it is. It totally is. Um, we can talk real fast about the score and about the lack of like goat noises and like hokey aspects of like usual K-dramas and especially rom-coms. This is like a whole new world here. There is very little score. There is very atmospheric OST 
and mostly in English. Right. Barely anything. I, I didn't catch anything in Korean, but I'm sure there was something uh, sung no, in Korean. No, they, they was all, it was all in it was, English. It was all okay, English. so literally yeah. everything that you're hearing on the OST is in English, which again is a huge departure from other K-dramas, not just like K-dramas in this genre, like no, K-dramas period. Mm-hmm. For just, you know, usually you have like one or two things in English or, um, you know, lines in English, just like any other um, K-pop song, for instance. But Something in the Rain was, <sighs> I love this OST to pieces, almost more than the show itself, because it is so uh, emotional and follows their story so closely. And even when you're listening to like the sad song, quote unquote, in the beginning of the show during episodes one through eight or so, when everything is fine, um, you feel this melancholy spirit in the song and in the OST. And I kind of feel like because the OST is so um, sad, uh, bittersweet, that you kind of get the sense that maybe this isn't going to end the way I want it to. Right. Yeah. I will say, though, I got annoyed by the OSTs by the <laughs> They end. overused it. They yes. did. Like, they only have four songs to choose. And mm-hmm. I prefer Korean language OSTs. I don't mind if that somebody uses, like, one or two. But it, it, it really threw me off, personally, that there was no Korean lyrics in this. It's different. Um, it's different. But so I you- think I got even more annoyed that there was only four songs that they kept <laughs> rotating. So, like, by the time of the end, it's like, I can never hear this song ever again. <laughs> like- I So, I totally understand where you're coming from because they did overuse the songs. Although I still feel like I can listen to these songs. Mm. The equivalent movie that I can think of that, that, that did this, where they, like, overused the songs, and now I can't listen to the OST ever is um Top Gun. <laughs> so you have like way to the danger zone, like that song. And then you have Take My Breath Away <laughs> over and over and over and over again. And it's a joke. Like I can't listen to these songs in right. real life. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I do agree. It did fit the emotional like what was happening in the scene, it was a good fit. It's just the fact that they only had four songs. Like yeah. if they had done like six, yeah, yeah, it would have been then. to have more rotation and yeah, whatever. Yeah. But um, I agree. It was a small, <laughs> small sampling that they had in the show. And I'll tell you the stand by your man, whenever that was like dropped in, like the one by Tammy Wynette, it just kind of, <laughs> that one almost didn't fit because yes. it was like, <laughs> This like country twang in there. And you're just like, what? (laughs) But also like the, I got mad at the lyrics of that song. I'm just Stand by your man. Yeah. I'm just like, seriously, no, you run, you run away from somebody you're describing in this song. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Like the lyrics kind of, yeah, the stand by your man needle drop, which was not created for the show was a little bit like jarring and just not the lyrics aren't quite like one for one <laughs> with the show. Um was there anything else that you feel what were the worst parts of the show for you? So, I mean, definitely what you named before was the the mother figure. Mm. I I I absolutely hated the character. I absolutely did. 
it says a lot when you prefer the toxic boyfriend over her. <laughs> like, like that's me at this moment. Like, I would have rather had the boyfriend be the issue through the entire drama than her. But again, like you knew she would be a problem by like the first scene she was in in episode one. So mm -hmm. I was mad, but I was like, okay, this is not the thing I hated the most about this drama because mm -hmm. I was expecting it. I knew it would get really bad. Um, same with the boyfriend. Like I knew, I didn't think it would go as far as it did, but <laughs> we could talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, I knew he would be a problem. Mm -hmm. Um, there were other things in the second half of this drama that I didn't expect. And so I got really mad. At. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Oh God. Okay. So. That, say no more because we're actually, uh, you know what? Actually we'll give our scores and then we'll go straight into spoilers. So <laughs> what would you give this show out of five soju bottles? 2.5. 2.5 soju <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that is way less than i was expecting you to give the show <laughs> oh, god. oh god for me i think it would have to be it would have to be three and a half mostly because i this is like a huge like thing about me i don't like rewatching things mm -hmm. even k-dramas like once i hit it i'm gone like i don't like to return to it Right. And so I know on my blog, I put like a rewatch value, which is really tough for me to even put because I don't like rewatching things like I've rewatched shows maybe a handful of times in my like all these years of watching K-drama. Same, same. This is the first time that I'm like forcing myself to return to something after having such strong, good feelings about it. And uh, I would have to give it three and a half. Mm. three and a half and i so when can i ask a question like what did you watch this when it aired like back in 2018 or like did you like watch this last year no i watched it a few years ago and i could probably give you the date based on like the review that i posted on the blog but i want it did not air i did not watch it as it was airing i watched okay. it after the fact it had landed on netflix i watched it on right. netflix right so I want to say it was like 2018, maybe okay. when I watched it. Because it, it is a 2018 drama. But like the reason I'm asking is because I'm I'm in my 30s now. So I was watching as a perspective of somebody in her 30s. I think mm -hmm. if I would have watched this five years ago, maybe even seven, eight years ago, I probably would have had a higher score. But... I so not, this is maybe a great I'm maybe no, no, I'm no. cynical now that I'm older. I this is know. a great this is a great point because <laughs> I watched it when I was in my 20s. I'm 30 now, and I totally feel like I have a different perspective than when I first watched this show, especially when it comes to uh, the parental interference and when it comes to the workplace harassment. Because right. at the time, I had never gone through something remotely as good as as terrible as what she went through and sitting here now like I can honestly say that it rings a little different for me now right yeah and the way that she handles that situation I have a little more grace for it now right than when I first watched it where I was like yeah she should have just like turned tail and gone to the U.S. with um Junie but oh I, I we can talk about that more in spoilers because I feel like 
when I watched it first, you can read my thoughts obviously online, but like I was a little more harsh on her than I would be, than I am now. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Even though she's yeah. still not making great decisions. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally. No. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So with that being said, we have two and a half soju bottles and three and a half soju bottles. Uh, we're going to go into spoilers right after this. Hey, you want to come in? Okay. So we're going to talk spoilers for something in the rain right now. If you have not watched something in the rain, I encourage you to go and watch the show, or if you don't care, let's get to it. Um, (laughs) Where do you want to start? I think you mentioned the umbrellas. I want to touch on the umbrellas right away. Tell (laughs) me, tell me what you thought of the umbrella color. Um, So, I mean, I think the umbrella colors really were symbolizing what they felt in their relationship, like Mm. where they thought they were. So like the first one, like the most significant one, which you see throughout the drama was red. So like anytime you saw that red color, it was like either they themselves were like, I cannot get in this relationship. Like for instance, with um, Jinna, he's my brother's younger friend. Like there's no way I can date him, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Or when it came to the family, like anytime you saw the red, it was a no go. Mm -hmm. And then they pulled out the green when everybody found out and they had that um, beautiful scene of in the rain, like him carrying her through the rain, just enjoying them themselves in the green. And then obviously the last umbrella at the end was yellow, where in my mind it was like, OK, like they both like it's been a couple of years. They both have not really moved on, but mo- moved on, quote unquote, Um and so it's it, it it gave kind of an ambiguous ending in terms of the color where like we could cautionary go forward and date again or we might just not date. And I don't know. But that was my interpretation of the colors of the umbrellas. I like that. Um, I think when you said I have thoughts on the umbrella color, I was thinking of it totally different. So here's my interpretation in the five seconds that I've had to, t- to think about this is that the red color was just not indicative of like red light stop, more like red color of passion, color of love, Mm -hmm. color of, um, you know, just passion. And when they get the green umbrella, it's more like rebirth and um, more uh, natural and less passion. and it's just kind of like a cooling of their love. Right. And then mm-hmm. the yellow is more of like yellow, maybe we can go, maybe we can't. And it is sort of like closer to your interpretation of it. And uh, the umbrellas. Let's talk about the rain because I feel like in the initial, my initial watch a few years ago, I didn't pay too much attention to the rain. And it's called something right. in the rain. So, um, on this watch, I was very attuned to the rain. And whenever there was like such an emotional part of the show where you mm. almost like can't take it anymore, it would rain. Right. And I felt like yeah. it was almost like a moment of catharsis for them to feel these emotions running over them and running through them, that the rain was was very much part of that. 
and it reminded them of their love when they first got the red umbrella and then it reminded of them of their green umbrella times and then finally they're trying to decide like do we do we do this again or do we not and you know how do we navigate these waters in a more mature manner versus all of these emotions right that are just right. overwhelming right. yeah and i mean i think also it's like i think more of a literal interpretation of the title is a lot of their relationship ironically happened in the rain mm -hmm. like either like they had like she was going over her place his place in the rain mm -hmm. and he would like find her at his door mm -hmm. or he would do the same thing or as they as we just described with the green umbrella they had this whole romantic scene in the rain mm -hmm. um i think just they had a lot of moments of their relationship literally in the rain yeah yeah um, whether that's like arguing or being in love or having fun or being stuck under a like storefront whatever you call that thing <laughs> yeah tent thing yeah um but yeah that's a that's a very literal interpretation of it and now but. that i'm talking out loud about the rain i also feel kind of like that the rain is representative of all the issues and problems and roadblocks right. that they encounter and still they're out in the rain Right, exactly, yeah. So it's very poetic and beautiful, and of course it does really nice things for the cinematography of the show. Mm -hmm. um, but I think ultimately a lot of dramas, when you see rain, it's a bad thing, right? Like, oh, crap, it's raining. Like, we have to get out of the rain. We need an umbrella. Mm. We need X, Y, Z. It, like, ruins, like, their day. And in this case, it doesn't. I would, I would say that depends on the genre. It, you know what? It does. <laughs> but, but on the but romance I, genre, yeah. I guess. I'll on narrow it down. On the romance drama, yeah. I would say, yeah. I would say. <laughs> yeah. In, in crime drama, yeah, it's definitely a bad thing when you see rain. <laughs> You're like, Ugh. no, the crime scene. Um, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> um, I, I just generally like that you can interpret it any way you like. Um, but I feel like the best title is Something in the Rain. I know that some people refer to the show as... Pretty Nuna who buys me food. <laughs> yes, I I did. I remember something when it was like announced that this mm -hmm. was going to happen. I remember that was the original title. Yeah. And then they changed it. It still makes sense. It makes I mean, total sense. It's literal. She does buy him a lot of food <laughs> in the drama. Yeah, they're constantly um, eating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. I, I, I just like the title Something in the Rain way more now than mm -hmm. when I first watched the show. Right, right. Um, so you do, you do like this couple though. Like that's... Positive. Oh yeah, okay. no, I, yeah. That I definitely enjoyed. I think it also, given the latter half, it was a nice reprieve to see them when they were having some nice moments in the latter <laughs> half. I mean, the latter half did not have some nice moments, but like when they were being the cutesy couple moments, it was a nice reprieve from all the drama that was going on. Um, and even in the first part, like one of the first parts, even though it was a slow part and the slow romance and whatever it was nice to see because there was some issues already stirring within the first half of the drama with some characters and everything so it was nice to see it was a nice reprieve from all the drama that the writer brought on them I think some dramas especially romance dramas you're like I don't believe this couple at all like I they're, yeah they're mm -hmm. beautiful people but like you can't just smash two people together and be like yeah that's chemistry like no babe this show really, I mean, this is like a made-to-be-together kind of couple. I really 
They right. sell you on it. They are adorable with each other. They're eager to be around each other. And it's one of those where I'm like, yeah, I'd ship them in real life if it wasn't for Hyunbin because right. they look so good together. They match well together. They cherish each other, especially him cherishing her because she has so much confidence and self-esteem issues. And, you know, him loving her really pushes her through that and makes her realize that she should take better care of herself. Right. Um, which is really like profound, right? Like when you just think of that one arc for her, it's a great arc. Like not a lot of dramas really cover self-love and like how one person's love can impact you in such a way for you to just turn your whole personality around. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I guess it's time because we could be here all day talking about how great their relationship is and how great this couple <laughs> is. But like, let's talk about the issues and we'll go with the mom first. So okay. the mom is such a hypocrite. Yes. Yes. She smiles and tells this abandoned, orphaned siblings that their family, that they're welcome. And, oh, I'll make you food anytime you want. And it's like, you know, totally making them think that they are welcome and, and that they don't have anything to be ashamed of. On the other hand... She tells her whole her family a whole different story. She feels bad for them, pities them because she knows they'll never be welcomed into their eventual in-laws' family. They have no family of their own and that's a huge blight on their record. June is out of her bro- of the brothers league. Like this is before even she finds out that she's uh that he's dating uh, dating Sonia Jin and like she tells June the brother like tells the brother that he should cut ties with him because right. <laughs> he's a hack in a different class than than he is that he's getting his phd and like what what has he done he's only gone to art school and he's only a video game developer and he's only a graphic artist like he's nobody so i think the quote is from now on you should try to befriend only those who can benefit you in the future <laughs> right yeah and it's not even like stopping with the kids either. Like, it's just everybody. Everybody. Everybody, including her husband. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah. Yeah, she blames her husband for retiring early and now she has no no clout. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, I just, I hate this mom. I think that mm-hmm. even when I'm watching it on the second round, I'm like, this, she can't get any worse than she is right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god guys this is like the worst mom i've ever seen on screen um oh yeah like i've watched daily dramas where like daily yes 30 minute like mahjong all the moms are horrible mm-hmm. and this is probably this could this could spar with some of them and win like yeah it, i like it, it would be different if it was like I think one, the juxtaposition where this woman turned really horrible. Because again, the first eight episodes, you could tell it was coming to something. She's it terrible. Was, it yeah. was bad. It got worse, though. I think that's the problem I had. It's like, as you said, like you don't think she could have gotten worse, and then she does. <sighs> and the one thing I do love about this writer, though, is she didn't try to give her a redemption arc. No. Like, she was bad until the very end, which she, I liked. Oh my 
God. It was, she kept having the worst possible reactions and there was no yes. saving her. She like overtly ignores them. She tries to like fight her daughter on multiple occasions. She's like lunging at Gina and right. what's keeping them apart is like just the brother in between them, the dad in between them. And like there is no stopping her. She's like a freight train just trying her best to derail their relationship. Right. And no amount of seeing her daughter so hurt, so frustrated, so angry, forlorn, no amount of seeing Junie defeated, deflated, forlorn, it is making her rethink her tactics. She is right. like making it even worse. And on multiple occasions, she's like, Watch me go even further. Keep doing what you're doing and I'll make it worse. Right. Like, because she didn't, she didn't see her kids as people. No. She saw them as property. She yes. saw them as a way to, whether it was to get her own selfish prestige up or mm-hmm. her just family in general. Like, mm-hmm. she didn't see the people or the connections as actual people. Um. And that, I mean, again, as I said, it was like, it was consistent till the very end. For her, it was a shock. It was a shock that even they, that this siblings, these siblings even thought that they could do this and be aligned with their family through marriage or what have you. That they, why, she was like offended at the thought that they thought they were good enough for her family. Right. And this wasn't even, I mean, again, with the consistency of her character, too, like it didn't even stop at just romantic relationship. It, as you said, it was like friendships. It was college people that he, her son needed to get to know. It was where you work. It was like, like who you talk to. It was mm-hmm. the job in general, like the job title in general. Mm-hmm. And You'd think like after like at the very end, it was there was a there was a time jump. So at the very end, you saw that the younger brother had gotten married, that Mm -hmm. he was either a doctor or like graduated with a doctor degree. I can't remember. Yeah, Um, I don't I don't even know what his degree was was in like engineering, I think maybe. Yeah, I don't know. But like he got a prestigious degree. He was going to do he was basically following what his mom dreamed to do. Mm-hmm. And you could still tell that, like, she was not going to be happy. She mm-hmm. wasn't going to be happy with whatever her son was going to do. Definitely not happy with what her daughter was going to do. Um, which I found funny because in in this whole, you'd think she'd care more about what her son was doing. Right. Be Just like, just given the cultural aspect of what, like a patriarchal society is like they care about what their sons are doing. Like they are the ones that inherit everything. So you'd think this woman would be more bothered throughout this drama Mm -hmm. with what her son was doing. And it didn't seem like, I mean, obviously because Jinnah was the main character Mm -hmm. and yeah, like she could probably see it as it's going to tarnish her brother's reputation in the long run. If she goes about with this relationship or Mm -hmm. whatever job she's done. But Jinna was the older sibling, so maybe that was a part two. But you'd think she would be like, okay, I don't really care about the daughter because she's the daughter. I'm going to make sure my son... And she did not leave her son alone by any means. 
at all. And but that was like, the thing too, is that yeah. they kind of just got they got railroaded. I mean, both of them. Yeah. The both yeah. siblings, um, Jinnah and her her little brother, they both got railroaded into doing probably careers that they didn't like, meeting people right. they didn't like, dating people they hated. And it was because of their mom, their mom's right. influence. The brother at one point says, mom is not the type to let her children have their way, which right. again, like I can understand certain aspects of your life being under criticism, but not every single decision that you make being not yours. Right. And I loved when her son, uh, when she was going to run out in the rain to like pull them apart again in the second half, mm, mm. when her son basically did this huge argument oh, speech this was thing. Great. I think this was and like 11, 11, 12, like episodes. 11 yeah, 11 or 12. or 12. And it was, I loved him for it. Cause at that time I was like, okay, I like the brother. I didn't like his reaction to the relationship, mm. but he grew on me. Yeah. Um, I was the opposite with the father, but we can get to that later. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> but I loved that because you could tell that, like, yeah, he was totally sick of his mom and how she reacted to not only the relationship, but just everything in general. But is she, I mean, and he didn't, and he said it in a way that it wasn't like me, me, me. He mm. said it in a way it was like, I'm supporting Jenna and my sister in this relationship. Mm. But you have to know that this is what it has done to me mm -hmm. to this extreme of me attempting suicide multiple times. That was in college oh. because of your pressure and how you run your household. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yes. I completely agree with you. Um, that episode where he jumps out and like berates the mom for being abusive. That's the first time she's ever heard that she's abusive. Right. He gives right. this great speech um, that her constant pushing is causing Jinnah emotional damage, emotional mm -hmm. stress that she that she her interference is only strengthening their relationship that he like either he was suicidal or he tried to commit suicide twice in his right. in his um, younger years. And that she could be pushing Jenna to do the same thing, to end her life, because it is so relentless, the abuse. Right. Yeah. And I think she didn't think, like, I don't think, I mean, I'm assuming a lot of people might assume this if they aren't. Like, I think she interpreted that if she wasn't physically touching her kids, she mm -hmm. wasn't abusing them. Mm, so I think it's like, the fact that she had... I don't know if she realized anything about after he made this whole argument speech. Probably not because she was that much of a narcissist. But I think that was the first time someone, as you said, like called her out on being abusive. And she didn't think that there could be emotional, detrimental, emotional trauma to how she was raising her kids. Mm -hmm. And because she never... I mean, I wouldn't say never physically hit anybody because she did in this, in this drama. <laughs> but it was like... I don't think she interpreted that as abuse because it wasn't physical. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I like he also tells her to take a good hard look at her own kids and realize that people look down on them the way the same way that she looks down on everybody else. That right. what makes them so special. Right. And exactly. she's like completely taken aback. It's great. Um, she does kind of hang back for maybe an episode or two from like right. trying to actively... Um, implode their relationship but it 
it doesn't have the effect I feel like that the brother wanted, right? The brother oh, wanted course. her to come and to her senses. Wanted. And her, we wanted. And we wanted as well. Like, your son just told you that you are the reason why he almost took his own life. You are so terrible. And she doesn't fix her ways. She's just like, how could you possibly think of doing that? How could you? Like, they don't understand. They're, she, her mindset is, they don't understand me and why I'm doing this. I'm doing this for them. Like, she continually is, like, trying to convince herself that everything she's doing is for the benefit of her children and is not the case at all. Right. Exactly. Terrible. Um, Let's talk about the dad real quick before we jump into the, all the workplace stuff. So you said that you liked him kind of earlier in the show and then it changed. Yeah. So it it was kind of like the same with the brother. Like I liked, of course the brother brother had a, um, predictable reaction to when they told he found out the relationship of course he was going to be a little like seriously you're dating my sister like do you realize how problematic that is but he came around i mean as we were just saying when he yelled at his mom and everything like he came around he was supportive and whatever the dad was the same way the dad found out about it i loved the his relationship with his daughter Mm. in letting her like waiting for her to tell him like being supportive when he could kind of behind the scenes. But then he wasn't like it, it. Like, And I don't know if it was just because his his wife was just such a presence and just so railroading of everybody that he like just could not fully break away and sub- make his support of this relationship fully announced. But by the end, he kind of cowered in the corner again and was like, you need to listen to your mother type thing. And I didn't like that. I wanted him to continue. Not, and I don't know if I really wanted him to fully make that break. And we have one parent who was completely against it. And then him who was completely for it, mm. which I thought that's where it was going. Cause that was how it led up to. Yeah. But then eventually he kind of just, and maybe it was just a writer kind of not finishing that storyline and kind of, that was just how it naturally mm-hmm. went about too. But I did not like the fact that he just kind of went and cowered in the corner and because the mother came became so horrible he like never spoke up again after like episode 11 or 12. It's hard to say if it's a writing flaw or if it's because the dad I feel like the logical break for the couple, right? Because it it's a married couple, you kind of understand them as like a unit except she's off the rails. My thinking is that the logical ending for them is to just split up. Right. Like, is to just divorce because they are on such opposite extremes, such opposite ends. They don't agree with each other. She almost can't even stand to be in the same room with him. She belittles him all the time. He feels undervalued. He feels emasculated. And even though a strong woman doesn't isn't cause for emasculation, she really does put him down. And just mm-hmm. respect him all right. the time, consistently. Right. And I even f- her looking at his, the, like the back of his head, like yeah. the uh, like. There's some scenes where he's <laughs> she's like walking behind the couch, and he's on the couch, like. And from an audience point of view, you clearly, obviously, can see her, and like <laughs> you, she's just glaring at him, like judging him just by his gaze. Yeah. Like, who would want to live in that environment? It's toxic. It's like, she's toxic, yeah. and. To yeah. me, the only way that he could fully support 
his daughter was to basically separate from his wife because right, she right. was unstoppable. She right. was outrageous. She was unreasonable. Right. And if you cannot, you know, stop her, then maybe you can support your daughter independently. Right. And I mean, I feel like that's what I really wanted. I really wanted them to be divorced because I did like him. I wanted him to have at least a content life. Mm-hmm. He's retired, whatever. Like he doesn't need to be married mm. other than like what society views as a good life. Um, so it's just like I just did not like how his story arc ended up by the end, because even when even on the very last episode, he didn't really support his daughter when she yeah. made the decision to move away and yeah. go to Jeju Island. Like it is just it was a complete 180 from what his character was at the beginning of the show. Right. When he found out about the relationship. And the only thing that I can also come to the conclusion too is that he ultimately believed the same bullshit that the wife did is that they were so conservative and so traditional exactly. and so focused on climbing the social ladder that like he also believed all that shit. Right. And that's why he never truly 100% supported Jinna. Right. Which is really sad because you did get that glimpse of like, oh, he sees the light. Like he understands her struggle. He's sympathetic to her plight and he, he knows that his wife is wrong. Right. Right. And still he's like, I don't agree. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So the dad was very disappointing as well. The most most of the male figures in here are terrible. And we're going to get to the bulk of them, which happen at her workplace. <laughs> right. Right. Um, but even even the sister, too, though, the um, oh, the Junie's Jun- sister. Yeah. The BFF. Again, it was one of those things where like. I get her reaction to the relationship. I Mm -hmm. get why she was so angry. Mm -hmm. I did not see the point by the end where like she basically the friendship was ruined between her and Jenna, which I don't see why that would be the case. Like, like you sub you knew her mother, you grew up with her mother. And yeah, that was a horrific thing that happened in the living room with the mother basically saying all those horrible things to yes. your face, yeah, whether you knew them or not. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't think the sister did not know some of her the mother's thoughts of the family. I think that was her yeah. maybe blissfully thinking that that wasn't the case because mm-hmm. you grew up with the family. You've had to have known what her mother was like. Right. And so I didn't understand why the friendship was so in tatters after the two-year time drum. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's just how I run my own friendships. Like, maybe I've never, obviously, I've never had, like, my best friend date my sibling or something. But (laughs) it was just, like, I I didn't, I didn't, I didn't understand why Jenna, having that relationship with the brother, was so detrimental to all of the relationships, Mm -hmm. including her friends, including her workplace, like I just didn't understand why the writer took it that route. Like, right. like why was she it so literally had she literally had no support system due to a relationship that I don't even think lasted a year. Six yeah. months? No, like, I don't think so. Like either. it was just it, I didn't understand that at all. I mean, and and it, it did show some signs of healing 
Except for the the one relationship that lasted was the one she stayed. She went and stayed in on Jeju Island. <laughs> it was like that was right. the one person. Um, <laughs> Which that started off. That was a whole nother thing because that coworker was really mean and like kind of right. um, looked down on her because of her the way she comported herself at, at work and especially like company dinners and stuff like that. Right. Then there was like a 180 and she was very supportive. She was the most supportive out of like the entire cast right. of her relationship with Junie. And she ends up being like the new best friend. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, like, and I felt bad for both of them. I felt bad for his sister because you could tell like she didn't want the relationship and the friendship to end, but she couldn't go get past some stuff. And again, it was a horrible situation that the mother said to her. And I'm, I understand why she didn't want it. She cut ties with that family, mm-hmm. but yeah. it. I like it. I felt it took. It got taken too far. Like the writer took it too far mm. in terms of the connections and yeah. even the obstacles, which we can talk about later. I felt like this writer just threw obstacle after obstacle <laughs> after obstacle at this couple. Like, and some again, as I said way early on, like some were foreseen and i predicted and some were just like come on like Mm. seriously (laughs) so yeah yeah i uh the mom uh character is really just the big bad of this whole show right she never learns from her mistakes right and she doesn't change and i think that's even more frustrating because we come from knowing so many uh, romance genre K-dramas that have reconciliation at the forefront at the end of the show. Right. And this is not redemptive and this is not a reconciliation between family members when there is so much damage done. Right. Granted, I did. I, if they would have given her a redemption art, I would have hated it even more. Honestly. Oh, same, same, same. <laughs> I'm, I'm a fan of not redeeming characters. Like, just let them be bad. Um, but... I uh, I have this quote here from episode 11 and it's when Juni sends Jinna away and the mom, the balls on her, she shows up at Juni's house mm-hmm. and she comes inside and she gives him this whole speech and slaps him clean across the face. Um, the rudest bitch I've ever seen in gay drama. Yes. But yeah. she says, you know, I have high standards for people, right? I don't, you don't meet my standards. I know that people call someone like me a snob and even accuse them of using their children to get what they want. I don't care what they say. Why? Because I'm being like that for my children. Every parent wants the best for their children, not anything less than that. In my opinion, no parent would compromise their standards unless they have no choice to. Yeah. <laughs> That's that that literally sums up her character. That's her entire <laughs> character in a nutshell. Yes. She's yes. unforgiving, unrelenting, and she thinks she's right. And that's that's the biggest problem with her. She's not open for discussion. Right. Um, so we talked about the dad. Did we want to talk about kind of some of the, I think the big problem with their relationship, their romantic relationship between Jinna and Juni. And one of them is she consistently has a communication problem. Yes. <laughs> Yes. Will not yes. tell him the truth if it is bad news. Yeah. They both do, though. They it both It wasn't do. just her, but yes, it was She it was, was primarily keeping her, stuff yes. like, I'm going on a blind date to appease my mother. 
doesn't tell Juni. It yeah. blows up in her face. She says, I'm going to meet with his dad secretly because I know he's very sensitive about oh his uh, like dad. And that blows up in her face, too. Yes. I don't think she should have done either things. I think she should have taken a page out of her mother's book and did not and not given an inch. Right. Right. Yeah. That's my opinion. That's me personally as well. Like, no, I'm not going to do some, something that is going to compromise my morals, compromise my relationship. Meeting the dad secretly was such a sin to me. <laughs> like, I don't right. know about you, but like, I know we already said this reconciliation being a huge priority for Koreans and, and K-drama in general. But the way that Juni feels about his dad is very understandable coming from a Western mindset. Like, he mm -hmm. is pissed off. He's unforgiving. His dad abandoned them in Korea. He's completely dismissive of them. He's disinterested in their lives, never calls, never checks in. And like, why should the dad get to dictate when they can even talk? Why is it is he suddenly so interested in his kids? He seems to not care. Also, this is like a side note. He doesn't seem to care about his daughter at all. Right. He only asks after Juni. He's not interested in the catharsis and the venting process that the daughter seeks, the BFF. He doesn't care about her trauma. He doesn't care about her pain. And Jinna knows all of this. Right. And still she decides, I'm going to meet the dad. Right. I should give him a chance. I should hear what he has to say. I'll tell him all about his kids, whatever he wants to know. Right. Yeah. It's frustrating. It's frustrating because also she has this moment to say sorry, to hear Jinny out because she's never heard his side of the story, never heard why he doesn't want anything to do with his dad. They've never talked about it. And in the rooftop conversation, he tells her that she had no right to create this problem he never had before. He was blissfully ignorant of parents in general. Like his life was, he considered his dad a total stranger for the bulk of his life. And here she comes on her high horse, unilaterally deciding what's best for him, trying to patch up a messy, painful relationship between him and his dad. And ultimately, she belittles his feelings, his anger, and tells him not to be a kid. Mm -hmm. You know, don't be a, a basically grow up. Right. And to cut his dad some slack because it's his dad after all. Like that's supposed to forgive right. everything. Right. And he's like, nah, man, I'm not going to cut him some slack. Why do I have to consider his feelings, his position to me? And he says that her meddling made him seem immature. And she takes the entire conversation completely the wrong way. She considers the conversation an offense to her mm -hmm. and plays the victim. Right. And storms off and like leaves the whole conversation unfinished. Never once does she empathize with him and think he's got a right to feel the way he does. Right. Yeah. Which I feel like is such a blow, such a problem for their relationship. Yeah, no, I mean, I totally agree. I found she was the child, even though she was the older character and the older person. Even before this whole thing like, she was always the child. He was more the mature one. And that might be because he had to grow up fast. He mm -hmm. had, mm -hmm. like, yeah, he had a sister who was older and who was taking care of him. But, I mean, his character was like, I also need to take care of my sister. I need to make decisions. 
I need to like not tell her things that's going on because I don't want to worry her. Like his character was that type of character. Mm-hmm. Very responsible. Jenna, whether even though I'm, you said earlier on that this this like what this is one of the reasons why I hated the writers in the first in the second half of this drama is because they get this really nice arc where her relationship with Junie changed her character. She got more confident. She got um, more not abrasive isn't the right word, but like more assertive, assertive. There you go. But the only person she couldn't be assertive with or confident with was him, yeah. which was like mm. just was like. I just I couldn't understand that, especially with this uh, this scene that you were just describing. It was like, girl, like just because he called you out on your bullshit yes. on the fact that like he was absolutely in the right to be yeah. mad at you about mm-hmm. this, and you literally just made it me 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 because you couldn't you didn't want to hear it. You mm-hmm. didn't want to realize that you had made this huge mistake, and the mm-hmm. fact that you were having somebody call you out on it you decided to be like, no, you're the child and you ran away and you just played the age card. And Mm -hmm. it was like, and you knew immediately she regretted. Like she stopped at the bottom of the building. She wanted him to follow her. Yeah. And he did. How how childish is that? Yeah. He never got, you know, he never got like that far, but it was just like, it was one of those things where it's like, when I saw when I said earlier, it was like the writers threw obstacle after obstacle at this person. Like there was no point to that argument, honestly. I did not feel why they brought the father in in the first place. Mm. I like because again, it's like you said, why did he want this connection with them after mm-hmm. so many years? They never explained why. They mm-hmm. brought him in. They created all this drama. Whether it was the couple drama, whether it was the mother yelling at the at the daughter after finding her father the daughter yeah, like drunks. the best friend like the best friend's daughter's father the one who like has been absent yeah gets drunk in their living room and that caused the entire argument to go about and caused Jenna to break up with the guy it's like his whole entire presence in this drama was never explained why he came like i mm-hmm. thought he was like dying of cancer or something and <laughs> needed to like come and say his final goodbyes or something but then yeah, he yeah. kind of just like left he, like, yeah no he, just he was, was like, like <laughs> what would he, what did he say he was like yeah if we see each other again let's greet each other with like happiness yeah, <laughs> and then like he, was he like, like was like peace and yeah, like dipped. he was like my kids are okay without me i'm gonna go and take care of my <laughs> other family that i have like he was completely married and had more kids it he was have, like yeah I just I, I felt know. like he was not needed whatsoever and the writers just brought him in as mm-hmm. a catalyst for them to break up like yeah. to be yeah. the first breakup or whatever. Yeah. It was just like it was not needed whatsoever yeah. at if you all. Cut, I agree with you. And if you cut that out completely, we'd probably be at 12 episodes and that would have been way like fine with me. <laughs> mm-hmm. But even before that, like you could still have gotten 16 episodes without his character. You're absolutely right. Because you're absolutely right. If we go back to what we were saying, Jinnah is a child mm-hmm. throughout this entire drama. Like, mm-hmm. she, like, it turned into the father coming, destroying and breaking them up, and then causing that whole rift between him because she didn't understand why he was so angry that she secretly met him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, she, like, had something come up with work and 
didn't want to tell him. He had something come up with work and didn't want to tell her. He decided that he was going to make decisions for her and make her move to the U.S. with him. That was like, okay. It was like, it was like, even without the father, everything else that happened in the last six episodes of this, it's still enough. It was Mm -hmm. still enough. It was Mm -hmm. like, and then even coming back, like even after the time jump, it's like you still, it was opposite. Like she Mm -hmm. was still the child, but he was also the child coming back. It was like, that was what angered me the most about this, (laughs) which is why it was what surprised me was because it was like they didn't I learn. knew the mother was bad. I knew the boyfriend would be bad, but I have I have thoughts about the boyfriend. Well, we'll hit him but next. Like, yeah, they were still they. There was no whether there was no growth between them. It right. Was, there was no like even with the time jump, even with her having that personal growth with their relationship. She didn't grow with him. She didn't like their yeah. relationship. She did stagnated. Not solidified it. Yeah. And I was so mad at that because it was like there was like, what was the point of the relationship mm. if they weren't going to grow together? Like, to counter that, I would say that it feels a little bit realistic that after this end all be all relationship, that's like they're each other's love of their lives. And then they break up really nasty, and a few years later, they haven't gotten anywhere. They're kind of falling into old right. bad habits, and they feel uh, listless, and yes, they've stagnated. So I kind of feel like that's also pretty believable, even if it's not at all satisfying for the audience who has seen right. them grow and seen them change and kind of work through their own complexes a little bit, and then all of a sudden, they've lost all that progress. Yeah, I did understand, though, when Jenna explained in the last two episodes, like the reason why I was went back to my old habits, whether that was dating or living with my mother again or whatever. She was punishing herself and it was totally true, like Mm -hmm. she hated how that relationship ended before the two year time job. She hated that she lost everybody. And whether it was true that she was the main cause of it or not she was punishing herself and that's very true on so i did i liked that part honestly i don't know why i liked that part but (laughs) you like the part that she's miserable because she made herself miserable (laughs) too as penance for this like terrible i guess that she did i guess so yeah (laughs) uh that's dark um but that's okay (laughs) let's talk about the uh the asshole boyfriend who i didn't think would crop up that much uh instead he does go out with a bang Mm -hmm. um let's talk about that what what were your thoughts on that ex-boyfriend that was not dying well (laughs) first off I I have to contradict you on your statement that he went off with a bang. I didn't think he went anywhere. <laughs> like, so the, when I say <laughs> when I say the ex boyfriend went off went went out with a bang, I just mean I didn't expect him to kidnap her oh, and yeah, hold yeah. her hostage. Yeah, <laughs> in the yeah, vehicle it, in a moving vehicle over a cell phone. So right. it was like oh yeah, my it god, it definitely escalated to somewhere I did not see coming but yes. also there was no satisfactory ending to his character either mm. because I think the mother took over I think the writer yeah. decided the mother was going to be the bigger bad in yeah. the drama and kind of right. just dropped him where he was which yeah. wasn't satisfying for me because I wanted <laughs> to at least see either I either wanted two satisfactory endings with their relationship one was he get arrested and she have the balls to like 
actually report him to the police. Yes, I wanted that too. Or have the mother realize how crappy he was. And like, because this entire, their entire relationship, she was like, he's a great guy. I want Mm -hmm. you to marry him. He's everything I asked you for. And you know, they could have fixed it very easily because the the ex-boyfriend calls the dad. Right. Jenna's dad and says, hey, let's go out for drinks. And at that meeting, he's an asshole to the dad and and demands that the dad apologize to him because he feels wronged because Jenna was also he feels Jenna was also cheating on him at the same time that he was cheating on her, which wasn't true. Right. But at the same it's the perception that's going going on in this whole show about. Uh, victim blaming, which is also like a whole thing that we'll talk about in the workplace thing, workplace drama. If they had replaced the dad with the mom and had the mom go meet the boyfriend or cook something for the boyfriend at the house and he demand again that they apologize to him for Jenna's behavior, which is wasn't even an issue, I feel like we would have had a huge blowout fight where maybe the mom sticks up for Jenna and puts him in his place and realizes that he is terrible. Right. I mean, even you'd think you'd think they gave they gave the first out where it was revealed in front of him that he was cheating on her. Oh, that And it was oh. like I was just like, "Come on, mom. Like the father had the best reaction ever." Yeah. And you're like, "That's not true. Like there's no way." Blah 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 blah. And I'm just like, "Come Blames on." Blames her like, "Why can't you keep holding yes, your man?" Exactly, which again was to the T, her character. Oh. But it was just like, yeah, he was, and it says, I mean, again, I'll say it again. It says a lot when you prefer him over the mother. <laughs> like, it was yeah. like, but it definitely took his story and his impact on Jenna's relationship, life, and general, took a d- much darker impact than what I thought it would go. Mm-hmm. Um. And that kind of just also speaks to his character's mentality of, I think him and the mother are kind of two peas in a pod, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, with their with their thinking, especially mm-hmm. with, like, family prestige and, like, I'm, I'm a catch with anybody. I don't have to be, because of my background, because of my degree, because everything, yeah. I don't have to have the winning personality because my background speaks for itself. Right. Yeah. And he definitely <laughs> doesn't have a winning personality. Like, not at all. Oh, it's lousy. Like, this just, oh, God. It would have been even crazier if at the end, instead of having another skeezy boyfriend, she has the same skeezy boyfriend yes. that cheated yes. on her and kidnapped her and all the rest. And you're just like, whoa, like what? Yes. It would have been even worse, I feel. Yeah. I thought it like, honestly, after the coffee store confrontation. Yes. Because he's he's sexually, uh, what's it called? Assaulted. Assaulted her. Yeah. Yeah. Sexually assaulted her. And I thought that was like going to be it. I thought that was. And then, of course, as you said, it was going to be, it became this whole kidnapping thing, which Speaks again to why Jenna made that decision to get in the car with him. Like, I don't understand why, after he sexually assaulted you... Why would you get in the car? Why would you get in the car? Why would you get in the car? Why would you not tell anybody you're going anywhere? Oh, my God. Like, 
She's just stupid. Like, like at that I, point, yeah. it's just stupid. I understand if you don't want to report the guy. A lot of sexual assault victims don't right. report whatever. Like that's their own decision. But that's there's their a own small thing. crew like, of people that know what happened. Like the brother right. knew, exactly. uh, Ginny knew, the BFF knew. Like any of these people could have known at least where she was yeah. going. Yeah. And like the whole phone thing in general, like why not get a new phone? Like that's what, what I said too. Why? Why? Why go through this whole drama of not getting a new phone? Like, yeah, she wanted to transfer went, the name of the phone or whatever yeah, the plan. Yeah, to and her yeah, name. it was. I mean, again, it was one of those things where like there's this law there that like obviously doesn't exist here, so it might be some cultural stuff. Which was so crappy right. to put her in that situation that she had to contact her abusive ex-boyfriend to get her phone changed. Ugh. But it was just like, okay, if you have to do that due to a law, totally fine. Take somebody with you. Yes. Like, let somebody know you're going somewhere. Like... She kept it a secret. Yeah. It was just, I don't understand that. Like, I understand, like, okay, you had to go see him due to this phone, but why the heck did you see him at night not telling anybody with a broken phone in general. And she had no phone. Like, what yeah, it's Ugh. just like I just I did not understand that whole same, same that whole thing. And that's what I mean by she keeps making the worst decisions, and her decision making gets worse progressively throughout the right. show. Right. <laughs> and you yeah. think that's pretty bad? Like, oh yeah, she like got in the car with her crazy ex. Right. Yeah. It gets worse. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean he was. He was, he was, like, it. even before the whole sexual assault kidnapping thing, he was horrible before that. Like, it was just, yes. like, he had an ego. He was a narcissist. He couldn't say, like, hear no. Mm -hmm. Like, you knew it was leading up to something. Not, I did not interpret what it led up to, but, like, he could not take no as an answer. Mm -hmm. And he could not believe that he, being the narcissist that he was, that he was being broken up with. I mean, yeah. it was not like something he would fathom. And the fact that she had another man was like it yes. made him fly off the handle. Yes. Yeah. It was toxic masculinity masculinity at its best. Right. Or yeah. worst. Um, okay, so that's the crazy ex-boyfriend. Let's go to workplace sexual harassment and the victim shaming. And I think this might wrap up our discussion of something in the rain. Um um, where do I begin here? Because um, victim shaming is a huge theme in this show. Right. Every one of her female coworkers and her BM BFF, her mom, even Ginny to a certain extent, they all blame her for the behavior of other problematic men around right. her. Right. Like, why did you do this? This, you know, you gave him an opening. You did this. You did this wrong. And... You know, why did you not shut it down with your ex-boyfriend all the way? This is why he thinks he can do this to you and, and so on and so forth. The list goes on of certain examples. And uh, her male bosses being so handsy, sexually harassing her within the workplace and not just her, every, basically every female in the, in the workplace right. was being sexually harassed. Um, it It's tough. I think it's tough because... Tough as an audience member, I should say. Right. Because you can see that they're, they're, you can see their struggle, you can see their argument for not speaking up. Right. Mm -hmm. 
And it becomes so hard and near impossible for them to get not just an apology. Like, apology is like the basic, like, response. Right. You did me wrong. I want an apology. No. Jinnah's argument was, I want an apology in front of everyone, and I want the reason why you're apologizing to me. All the details disclosed. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't want any form of monetary compensation. I don't want a promotion. I don't want anything else. I just want the truth right. to be out there. That was her personal um, stipulation for coming forward. And still, they could not provide that to her. Right. The yeah. company went behind her back. Mm-hmm. And, you know, behind closed doors, the owner and her assailants were basically plotting to turn this whole thing around so that they didn't have to do any um, basically PR, uh, you know, cleanup. Right. Which drove me nuts. It was like, especially with the owner. Yeah. The owner up until that point was the owner was very supportive. Yeah. You thought he was an ally. And then he realized that like. She could sue him. She could, like, get them in trouble. PR would look bad. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah. But I have to say, props to this drama in general, though, Hmm. on, like, having this in their drama in the first place. And it's a little more prevalent. I have seen it, like, with in in the coming years. There have been some dramas that have touched on this. But given that this drama came out in 2018... If I had watched this in 2018, I think it would have been one of the first I've seen where it did have a major storyline. It was major. Of, of sexual harassment and possibly sexual assault, they never said. But, like, mm-hmm. especially sexual harassment in a workplace. Because it is an issue in whatever country you're in. There's there's sexual harassment, sexual assault, whatever, in the workplace is an issue in whatever country and even gender too. Mostly obviously it is women, but there are men that have to go about it or just harassment for men in general. Um, So I applaud the drama for using their platform to bring this to the forefront and have a discussion and show how detrimental it can be to somebody's career. If they choose to fight back to, um, people's psyche whether that is jenna or it's other people like like i couldn't hate the i wouldn't even call her a friend like it i guess it was a friend co-worker the redhead oh the like, one that was like trying to get ahead and yeah like- she like used it like she was manipulated by one of the assailants to get information and kind of be the spy among the women yeah. because he promised her a promotion and yes I was really mad that she decided to do that. But at the same time, like she was manipulated into doing that. Like, yeah. I didn't understand why she chose to do that. Cause she knew the guy was guilty. Like she would have been yes. sex. She was sexually harassed herself. Yeah. And then I felt so bad when she didn't get that promotion. Cause obviously oh. that was never going to happen. Um, but it's brutal. Yeah, it's brutal. It's like you don't know how what you're going to make, like what decisions you're going to make when you're in that situation, whether either you're the victim or you're somebody who's being manipulated to be a spy, whatever. Yes. And that's exactly yeah. why I f- was way more sympathetic to this storyline and to these uh, characters that kind of turned bad in the latter half of the show um, versus when I first watched the show because mm-hmm. now I have a little more experience under my belt and um. 
it's hard to describe like how 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 I admire Jenna and then I also think that she should have just left the situation. Right. Yeah. Whether it was by moving to the US with uh Juni or just leaving. I, like I'm just, really glad she did not move. At first I was pissed, but I don't think it was the right decision to move no, all the way to the States I, with I'm, Junie. I mean, that was a total manipulation of Junie. I did not like the fact that he Junie was, was trying like, to fix her problem yeah, without fix her knowing. Her problem, without her, her knowing. Come, marry him. Like yeah, yeah. I didn't think that was the best decision for him, which was another reason why I hated the writers in the second half of this. It's just like <laughs> it was so uncharacteristic of him True. to go through that and kind of make this decision for her. And yes, it was in the best in like he was trying to do a good thing. He did not go about doing it very well. And so mm-hmm. I was very happy that she decided to break off the relationship and kind of try and go at it and find herself without the crutch of the relationship. And yes. yeah, that was not in the long run. You obviously, as we said earlier, it like <laughs> it was a mistake and she was stagnant and she went back to some of her old ways, but like, that was also kind of her character growth that needed to happen. She needed to make that decision to break mm-hmm. off the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I know that's nothing to do with the work harassment. But I had I had to say that like but I was work, really glad the work that she broke that off. I uh, yeah. Um, for the work harassment, I it was beyond frustrating. Yeah. It was like it made my blood boil. The whole yeah. sexual harassment storyline and the way that it resolved or didn't resolve because i don't think that it it did did resolve it did resolve but we didn't see the outcome on screen it happened in like the time jump yeah and then everybody just said it which i was also angry at too i was like okay i have to remember what name they're saying with whose face and type thing yeah and i also felt bad for the woman boss like oh my god you she was like a really nice character she was an she, ally she was like she was very fierce yeah in the very workplace, fierce and she gave very little leeway for the male mm-hmm. bosses and executives and she was definitely an advocate for all of the female employees right and when she is basically told to stop being and you know what did the owner say he was like i didn't hire you and put you in this position to be on the female uh, worker's side, right? I was you're like, on the you're on the company's side. Yeah, I was like, okay, you made her get information from all these women on the harassment. What side do you expect her to be on? She's a woman herself. I know, <laughs> like, like he's like discounting her own experience, yeah. and and you know she had some, like you know, she, yeah, she was she one was... of the older women. She was in more of an executive position. God knows what she had to go through to get to that executive decision. Exactly. Like, position. It was like, you want this feedback from employees, but you don't want her feedback. Mm-hmm. Where And then maybe she did, he didn't want her feedback because she knew he knew that she had probably the most feedback because she had been there the longest, maybe. I don't know. But like she was I mean, she, everything she did was for the benefit of yeah. the female employees. Yeah. And that struck such a chord with me because they had no one else. Right. 
Yeah. All they had was this female executive. And honestly, I think she was just like the marketing director. Like she was not involved in HR in any way, which do they have HR in Korea? I don't know. Like what? (laughs) Why was HR not involved? This was very like minute. Um, I also did like the fact that I did like Jenna's part in it. As I said, I liked that. She took a stand. Yeah. I liked that she took a stand and she didn't back down. Mm-hmm. even if other people wanted to back down yeah. and she was totally fine going at it alone with nobody else mm-hmm. um and i don't think like some people i saw on twitter after like finishing it people some people's interpretation is like she got to a point on in this whole ordeal she felt she couldn't let it go whether she wanted to or not i didn't mm-hmm. interpret it that way i thought like it was like one of those things where she needed to finish it for herself to yes, to exactly. to like end that story arc but also she needed to show that she had changed and she had grown and she wasn't that meek like coworker person she was before she started dating Juni like yeah. Juni like i think she did it more for herself and I liked I liked that. I like that mm-hmm. she didn't drop or we didn't find out like after the two year time jump that nothing happened and she dropped the whole thing. Um, yeah, she stuck to her guns. And again, I feel conflicted because I want her to see it through. And then I also want her to quit the toxic environment because uh-huh. even in the time jump, you see that really the company, the company culture is the same. Right. Yeah. Nothing has changed. So right. like it's you know you can get out like you can quit just like she does at the end of the show so i feel like quitting is also quitting this job i should say not the whole sexual harassment uh fight right that quitting the job and this company as a whole is a form of self-care oh yeah totally oh yeah and then you see that in the final episode but you almost you don't want her to waste all this time right yeah you know Especially with the tactics that the assaults, the the assailants pulled on her. Like, mm-hmm. it was like... Doctoring uh, evidence? Yeah, doctoring evidence, putting... I, don't, I mean, the guy was a real lawyer, but, like, bringing a lawyer to confront her in a coffee shop. Yeah. Which she yeah. called them out on. It was like, why yeah. are we doing this here? Mm-hmm. But it was like, the guys knew they were in trouble. Even without yeah. even without the woman executive spy, yeah, they were gonna get caught either way. Like mm-hmm. it, they did not have to. She didn't have to put that spy out. They were. She was gonna get her hands on whatever video mm-hmm. they got or messages. Eventually, mm-hmm. it happened quicker because she like blackmailed the, the one <laughs> yeah. the one male coworker, which was fine. But like the amount of, I don't know. I and I'm. I don't know what they could have done to, like, make them... Like, you you do not have any sympathy for these people. Like, mm-hmm. no matter what manipulations or what they say to Jenna when they're trying to plead their case. Like, you do not have any sympathy to them. Zero. Um, and because it's, a- it's like... It, it's like... And the funny thing is, is, like, you'd think... You think when we were talking about these assailants, they're all like executive CEO level. No, these are people who 
General managers. General managers. Her own boss. It wasn't mm-hmm. even like a really high up position. It's not a VP, not a chairman. Like they're not rich. They're not a chayball. They don't yeah. have like, they don't have secret money somewhere that can change everything. Yeah. It's like, so you have no sympathy for these people, which and they even don't at deserve the end, it. They don't deserve it. And like I, the show does such a great job of showing yeah. that even though they understand just by watching footage of what they've done that they were wrong, they are more concerned with the female's reaction right, and their behavior toward their inv- advances and what they're demanding as a result of the abuse and the harassment. They're like, why, why are you doing this to me? Right. Yeah. And then, and then her boss's <laughs> reaction to like, not reaction, like, it also shows how out of touch they are because he was like, oh, I got these women on my side. I got them. Like, I'm just like, yeah. how, like, in what way, what interpretation of that conversation gave you the idea that they would ever support you in mm-hmm. this or, like, mm-hmm. support you in going against Jenna or even They Jenna don't itself? even see the power dynamics at play exactly. and how threatening they are. Right. Yeah. They're Which, just like, oh, yeah, I got all these ladies on my side. Like, it's going to be a shoe in. I'm going to win. Right. And I think that that was done beautifully with the drama because there is a huge hierarchical thing mm-hmm. in, we see in a lot of K-dramas. I think that's just society in general. Whether I mean, even the workplace here in the U.S., you have a hierarchy system where it's a boss, yes. whatever. Mm-hmm. I think the drama does very well is like you can be an executive, you can be a manager, you can be a coworker. That does not give you the right mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. any of this stuff and mm-hmm. get away with it. And yeah, we didn't get to see that play out on screen. It kind of just was told to us that this happened and this was the result. But I think they handled that very well because they never portrayed it as like they were going to get away with it. They never portrayed it as like, yeah, but in this situation, it might have not have been like it was clear black and white. She was in the right they mm-hmm. were in the right for taking this how far they did, and these assailants were bad, disgusting people. Yes. Yeah. And it's telling that Jenna never wanted their dismissal, never wanted them to right. get fired. She was like, no, no, no. I just want an apology and for everyone to know. Like, I want the truth to be out. Right. And mm-hmm. it mattered more that their reputation was tarnished. Mm-hmm. versus their livelihood stripped of them right yeah and i felt like that was very powerful of her she knew what was more important more costly to them right yeah yeah and the fact that these people obviously one of the first things that they said out of their mouth when they realized that it wasn't going away was like think of my kids think of mm-hmm. my wife think of i have three daughters th- yeah well, what are people going to think of me and it's like well you should have thought of that right. before you did this and what if your daughter went through the same thing that i went through right what would you say then right exactly yeah Ugh, it was it was great i i think they handled it delicately mm-hmm. yeah but at the same time it was very in your face and very unapologetic in the writing and the portrayal and it was tough. It was tough to watch. I do wish, though, that somebody in Jenna's family, other than her co-workers, knew about the whole situation. 
Because mm. I don't think she told, I don't even think she told Junhee the real story. Like, right. I know he got, just from dating her, he understood some things were going on and mm. he under, he got stories from, I can't remember the name of the coworker she ended living up with in, yeah. in the end on Jeju, but like obviously got some stories from her as well. I wish somebody in her family knew about it. Like even if the brother knew. Mm. Um, because I feel like that's another thing where she had to kind of go at it alone. And whether that was a coworker or it was a friend, like her friend didn't even know about it. Like the friend mm. that she grew up with, Junie's sister. Yeah. Like no one knew except for the coworkers. Mm. And she didn't really know if she could trust her coworkers because she was the only one right. actually bringing charges about. So that was the one thing I really wished had happened either. And I don't really know what they, that whoever she had told or had found out if what they could do in that situation to support her, but to give her that outlet of, because even with like the thing, it like with the writer on like she literally the writer stripped Jinna of every relationship she had by the end of this drama, mm -hmm. included the workplace. Like she got moved mm. because of this thing to a whole other building yeah. part of the city Paju or something it was yeah. yeah um and she, she got isolated yeah got isolated in all aspects of her life and mm -hmm. i think that was just like i maybe that was just because i'm talking like i have a very supportive family no matter what Same. i do so like if Same. i had told somebody in my family that this was going on and i but i'm like i got it i'm suing them i'm doing all this stuff i just need somebody that i can come and vent to yeah, blah, blah, or like attend court with me or whatever yeah. I was going to do. It's just like she I feel like, again, that was kind of one of the bad decisions she made. She made the decision to not tell anybody and have that venting. Maybe she thought because she would have a coworker support system. I don't know. But like and maybe I don't I even mean, think she counted on that. But yeah. I, I understand completely where you're coming from. And if it were me, I would probably be telling my family the same thing because I have a wonderful family. I have a very supportive system. In her case, in this space where she's in, I completely support that she didn't tell her parents because mm. they were so terrible right. with handling yeah. every other aspect of her right. life, especially the most important yeah. one, which was her relationship oh. with Junie. Yeah. You could it definitely predict wreck. her mom's reaction. She would have been like, suck it up and you it have would a have been job. even like, Yeah, it would have been even more victim blaming. <laughs> right. You know, something yeah. she didn't need at all. Yeah. So I completely understand where she was coming from that she didn't tell her parents, didn't tell her friends, didn't tell her brother. Her brother's like kind of coolest at the time. I don't know how he bagged that lady at the end of the move at the <laughs> end the end of the show um but like yeah I, I feel bad because she did she was isolated and then she also isolated herself right yeah i mean the really only the real ally she really had was that woman executive but yeah yeah that woman ex executive also was trying to be impartial and yeah. was not trying to because that would have been detrimental to jenna's case if if mm -hmm. Like, you knew she was an ally. You knew she wanted to support her, but there was only mo so much she should, she could do. So, I, And you can see that. You yeah, saw that at yeah. the very and end I of really, the And I really wish she had just found somebody to... And I don't think Junhee would have been the, the right choice either. Nope. 
So no, I don't really so. know who this person would be, but like I wish I somebody think it had ended been up, there. I think it ended up being BFF number two, who yeah. used to be her coworker and moved out to Jeju. Yeah. Um, that lady turned out to be such a great friend mm-hmm. and partner right. for her. Right. And I, it's unclear when she quit Coffee Bay and started out on her own in Jeju with her restaurant and like all that stuff. But right. presumably they've grown close because of all of the stuff that she entrusted to her. All of this info, her relationship with Junie was also with her. And the sexual harassment, no one else knew the extent and the experience. Right. For, only this lady, this the Jeju Island BFF. Right. Um, so I kind of appreciated that she took over as BF, for BFF duties and also as a confidant for all of the issues that were ongoing during the time jump. Right. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, last thing I'll say about Coffee Bay, the tagline was roasting one dream at a time. And I'll leave it at that. Like that says all there is <laughs> about the company. <laughs> Roasting one dream at a time. Uh, anyway, um, is there anything else you would like to say about something in the rain? This was such a great conversation, by the way. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I had a lot of fun doing it as well. Um, I do want to mention the going back to like the very end when mm. um well not the very end, when after like the 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 first scene you see them together after the two year time jump. Mm-hmm. when he sees her on the stairs with the yeah. the the guy again um i was not expecting that like i mm. i don't know what i was expecting but i wasn't expecting like i, I under as i said earlier like i i understood why she did that because she said it herself she explained it herself but um i was not expecting to see her in that position again and obviously he was not either but again, it was like one of those things where. So by the end of this drama, I felt like I couldn't enjoy the romance by the end. Yes, like I agree with that. I was happy that they kind of got found that yellow umbrella at the end. But at the same time, I couldn't help but think what has they missed changed. It. They well, missed yeah, it. What has changed in like what has gone away that if you do pursue this romance, how are you going to succeed? How are you going to be happy when nothing from your old obstacles has changed? Like the mm-hmm. mother is still around. The mother did not die or something. Mm-hmm. You like the brother still has the sister, which I can foresee happening. Like no one has, there's nothing in the circumstances that caused them to break up the first time that changed for them to do that. So and I yeah. think that also is like when I said that the writers threw too many obstacles at these this couple, I couldn't enjoy the fact that they were together by the end, which I agree. It's what you wanted, yeah. but it, like at what cost? You right. Know? Exactly. It, it's, yeah. It's bittersweet because it is what you want. You want them to be there together. You know, they're magical together. But, you know, once push comes to shove, like, what are they going to do? It's the same push from before. Exactly. And I mean, when we said the mother didn't change even like when she announced that she had broken up with her second horrible boyfriend, quit her job, was moving to Jeju, like the mother had the most predictable reaction to that statement because of her history throughout the show. Mm -hmm. Like she was just like, 
what the hell? What are you doing? Like, you're destroying what I thought you would be doing. And like, why are you moving to Jeju? And like, at least the father had somewhat of a sensible parental question of like, are you sure? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it was like, yeah, it's just like you, like the mother is still going to be a problem. There's nothing. So yeah, I just, that was one of just the final thing I wanted to say is like, I just really could not enjoy them getting back together mm-hmm. because of all these stupid obstacles the writers threw at them, whether it's their own yeah. decisions, whether it was one too many characters that was brought into the drama or one too many, like, miscommunications. I just, I couldn't enjoy the fact that they got together by the end because I just... You were just as exhausted as exactly, they were. Exactly, exactly. You're like, oh my God. And I'm I just, just was like, oh, poor babies. They're going to have to go through all that exhaustion again <laughs> if they decide to pursue this. Yeah, I. Uh, it's left up to the audience, basically, to you interpret them to have a nice, successful love story or and they lived happily ever after or not. Um, I want to say that they did. Like, personally, right. my own, mm-hmm. like, hopeless romantic... I want them to be successful. I want them to overcome. Maybe they just move out together and get married and like elope. Right. And that's it. Right. Um, or they just succumb to the same old problems that they had before and they never make it. I don't know right. what it is. Right. But <laughs> yeah. it's left up to the audience. Um, and I, I kind of like those stories that leave it up to the audience mm-hmm. for what happened. What is the final period on this? Uh, I found this show to be such a rich text, even mm-hmm. on second watch, and that is a major plus for me because I don't like when it's too predictable. I don't like when it falls into too many tropes and X, Y, Z, so on and so forth. But um, this show is not for everybody. <laughs> right. Yes. In, a, in a nutshell, the show is not for everybody. And if you've made it this far and you haven't watched Something in the Rain, you've been spoiled to bits. Uh I still, I would recommend the show. Like, even if it's not for everybody, if you're at all intrigued or if you're at all, like, impressed by what you've heard, like, I'd give it a go. (laughs) I would not. (laughs) And Caitlin would not. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thank you so much, Caitlin, for coming on the show. You are actually the first guest that Debak has ever had on the show before. Um, I don't know when these will be released, like the release schedule, but I want everyone to know that Caitlin was a wonderful guest with me, and I hope that she will come back for more if, if it haven't scared you off yet. Like, what is this, almost two hours of, like, podcasting? Um, but before we get out of here, uh, where can we find you online, Caitlin? Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, first off, I would love to come back. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I mean, as you said before i'm on instagram i'm on twitter i have my own like little blog website thing all don't of- don't don't undersell it like <laughs> you do you're a blogger you're a reviewer in your own right it's no sleep for the number four dramas.com yes and then that's the same no sleep number four dramas is the same for the instagram as well as um not i think my twitter has a two because there was i have yeah my Twitter has that same, but it has like a two at the end. It, like if you use the at symbol, it's like at no sleep for dramas number two. Um, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So definitely but. check out Caitlin online and say hi. Uh, no sleep for dramas. Thank you again, Caitlin. Really appreciate you coming on and 
that's our show. I'm Jessica, and this has been the ATC Presents Debak K Rambles podcast. When the night falls, and the rest of the world quiets down, I come running to you. Is the day